Pipe Network presents. On this episode of Season 4, Let's Talk. So, and then now with podcasting, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. He loves to be a podcaster, but then he's, what I see him is like, okay, mom, maybe we could try this. And he's upping the ante, like he's just upping how much he wants. And you're giving me suggestions that I some or sometimes will not take. Yeah, will will. yeah. And he's, he's very confident too. He's a very, to, for somebody to have autism that could really, um, in the world that we live in, that could really like bring him down. He, he does, like it doesn't, like he does not let it bring him down. And um, because I made a determination to change during freshman year. I mean, I made that determination. If I wasn't, then I don't know. I wouldn't something. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show and I'm your host Rajiv Doreswamy and this show aims to help reach out to those who are currently struggling in life and to remind you that life is indeed beautiful when you're inspired to make it your own. Before we get into this episode, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to whichever platform you are using. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and on TikTok at the Rajiv Show. Hey folks, welcome back to the Rajiv Show and uh, we're going to go international again. And this time I have an amazing guest. My friend Sam Mitchell. Pal, how are you doing? Sam and Gina Mitchell. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm all right, man. What about you? Doing good, doing good. Um first question that uh, oh before we get into the first question uh, could you give a little bit of background to my listeners about you yeah sure so my background is i am Sam Mitchell i am from indiana i do do my podcast called autism rocks and rolls i started through my school's media club and i've done it since then pretty cool pretty cool and uh, g Gina, how are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Um, thank you for having us on your show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I'm Gina Mitchell. I'm mom to Sam Mitchell. And yeah, he, um, so Sam was diagnosed with autism when he was four. Um, Sam is now 18 and I'm um, doing some really cool things with podcasting and media Um, he's college bound, so that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, Sam runs his own podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. I uh, created it. He's the host. Um, I'm he pretty much employs me, and I just do whatever he tells me to do <laughs> with his business and with his podcast. I finally get to boss her around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, interesting. It's really awesome. It's really. Yeah, it's it's the kind of roles I'm kind of reversed. But well, not not in life. You're still you'll still whoop me. I, I still I will still whoop you. Don't yeah. ever forget that. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so, but he um very very proud of him. He uh you know is still in high school, but he will be going to college and um really really taken off with it. He's kind of turned something that um a lot of time the world sees as a negative. You know, a lot of times mm. autism is kind of 
painted in a really negative way, which, you know, I hope we can talk about that later, um, just to kind of, just so we can talk about our feelings with autism. Mm. Um, but anyway, he's uh, doing really well. And, um, you know, could like I said, it could have been a negative thing, but he's really turned um, what a lot of people consider a mental illness into something really positive. Yeah, flipped it. Kind of flipped it. And um, yeah, I, I'm a teacher. So I teach here in the United States. Um, I teach eighth grade language arts. So um, that keeps me busy and Sam's podcast keeps me busy. And um, yeah, it's a little bit about me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, autism part, we're gonna we're gonna unbox that later on. Uh, but first, uh, so this is a question for both you guys. Uh, if you guys, of course, uh, you mentioned Sam is still in high school, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fresh graduate, college graduate already. Um, if if Sam, uh, I, I first ask Sam, and then I'll ask Dina. If you and I were sure. classmates in high school, who were you in high school? Okay, sure. I didn't understand the question, but I get it now. So, what am I like? Well, I'm. Well, I'm quiet in school, but out going outside of school. Mm. I am kind-hearted, I like to say. Mm. I do like helping people, and I just enjoy writing, I guess. Ooh, writing. That's interesting. Do you have some yeah. extra notes, novels, and ideas? or how? What's, what's your definition of writing? Well, I write short stories. I am in a creative writing class right now mm. where I do take creative writing. As a matter of fact, I could, if you want me to, go get my creative writing notebook and read an excerpt from what I have written. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, you can go do that and all. Okay. Um, yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of what he said while he gets his notebook, I, um, you know, everything that Sam said is, is very true. He's very kind-hearted. Um, he's a very social person which is really awesome because lots of people on the autism spectrum sometimes aren't you know they, they have a really hard time socializing and he does sometimes he's still you know it, sometimes reading social cues and understanding how conversations go hmm. um we, we don't have to explain that to him sometimes but i mean for the most part um but what i what i really like in school with sam i've seen him in school a lot because i actually teach in the same uh, district that he goes to school in. Hmm. Um, so what I, what I saw as Sam kind of grew up is he did, um, he did struggle. He did hmm. struggle socially and making friends um, when he was younger and all the way into middle school. But I saw kind of a, and when he was in high school, I saw kind of a transition um, to where he, he's still a very, very nice person, but he just got to the point where he's, he was like, well, I'm, I am me. Hmm. I am Sam Mitchell. I just happen to have autism and he just, you know, we had some bullying issues and things like that, but he just got to the point where, and I think still he's like, whatever. I mean, you can make fun of me and say whatever you want, but he knows who he is. He knows. Hmm. And he, and he just doesn't let that bother him. So. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I brought, I found my notebook. So Go ahead. I'll read you this one. This is, um, this is what Ryan probably had. It was, what would happen if all roads in the world became vampires? <laughs> so there, here we go. <clears throat> I a little fret here. If roads became the darkness of all small creatures, then we would all not be existing, and blood would be flowing in vampire as well as prey. 
the the godfather of all vampires, Dracula, would come to life and suck all living men and steal all living women. Rodents would be bigger than ever, where mouse traps would not work or throwing them away would not be satisfying. The dead would ra raise and living would fall. None would be safe, even zombies or the vampires. Everyone who knew us or we knew would be gone and life would be death and death would be life. Not even Thanos could snap them to die and we mm. and wipe us into dust. Things would be near us all the time and lots of caskets will be six feet under the ground with no sound or vision. Wow, that... No, I got one. Oh, okay. He's got more. <laughs> I can't risk giving my hand. Right um, some would be diseased and we can never smell again except our own blood dripping down our cheeks. Oh my, how come I have not ever read this? I showed you once, you just, never, you just don't remember. It's <laughs> really good. It's pretty cool. There you go. I like... I like the cameo of Thanos there, though. That's um, that I didn't expect. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, I, I do remember reading it now, but hearing him read it out loud, being an English teacher, I'm like, whoa, maybe you need to come and teach my class. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the energy. I love the energy. Remind me of the question, because I'm like yeah. completely um, obsessed with his writing now. So tell me, repeat the question for me. If, if you and I were, were classmates in high school, who were you in high school? Uh, are you the competitive? Are you the introvert, the extroverted kind of person? Same question as I asked for, with the, Sam. Well, I, I mean, for me personally, I am completely different now than I was in high school. Hmm. Um, I, I had a really hard time in high school. I, um, I just did it. I was, I was pretty introverted. Um, and I'm not now at all. I mean, for no. The, no, 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 no. For the last, you know, I like years the denial. So, just, Very strong denial. You'll <laughs> get, yeah, no, no, get in your face. No, I, that way. I'm not. I'm not an introvert at all now. But yeah. when I was growing up, especially in high school, um, I too had um, lots of bullying issues for my weight. Because yeah. when I was in high school. I, very overweight and um you know as I got to be an adult I chose to be healthier and I've I've you know like I've lost most of it so mm. but yeah that was kind of me in high school I was very um I, I was very academic I had a I had a path that I knew that I wanted to go to college I knew I wanted to get my master's degree and I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher mm. so I had this very clear path for myself but as far as socially um, really until I met my husband, um, my husband and I met, he's, um, older than I am. So I met him when I was 21 and I think he was maybe 30 ish, but not too much older, not too much older, but, um, that's kind of when, he, you know, like, I don't know, like my life kind of changed and I just became much more confident and very outspoken and just became very comfortable with myself. So high school was tough. High school was a hard time. When you said uh, you you focused a lot on uh, on studying, were you the competitive type? And did that no, uh, really pass on to Sam by any chance? When it comes to studying, no. I well well I can't just one if you don't mind. Go ahead. Okay, well I can see it actually. I'm going to say yes and no. Oh. Yes, because I do. I am a hard worker, mm -hmm. but. I don't study the way you do. Mm -hmm. I don't. Okay. She probably out of 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but you probably say with a piece of paper in your hand and like rememorize it stuff. Hmm. I don't do it that way. I study digitally. Like I'll play like matching games or like like spelling tests, an example, like a practice thing or or like I'll do a word search to help me. I mean, maybe I'll play like a vocab game, help me memorize some vocab words, flashcards, mm -hmm. like visually. Yes, Sam's a, a visual learner, very much a visual learner. And I tend to be more like word sentences. And I, as I get older, I'm more of an auditory learner. I can listen, I, I'm, I like to listen to podcasts and to um, books on tape and things like that. So that's kind of changed. But as far as being competitive, I wasn't competitive when I was in high school. I wasn't competitive against anybody but myself. Mm. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be better academically. So um, Sam, in my opinion, like watching him grow up, he's not like, he's not competitive, mm. but kind of the same thing. Um, he tried when he was growing up, he, we, you know, put him in baseball and basketball and tried mm. soccer and tried to get him in, you know, involved. But as he grew up, um, he we put him in karate, like martial arts, taekwondo, hmm. when he was ten, and he was in. Uh, he has almost a, he's almost a second degree black belt in uh, taekwondo, Ooh, and that's pretty cool. he did a really good. It was it's really cool, but he stuck with it for five years. But I retired. I got. But old. he retired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but. But he, what I noticed was karate is more like competing against himself. He wanted yeah. to make himself better. So, and then now with podcasting, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Hmm. He loves to be a podcaster, but then he's, what I see him is like, okay, mom, maybe we could try this. And he's upping the ante. Like he's mm. just upping how much he wants. And you're giving me suggestions that I some or sometimes will not take. Yeah, will or will. yeah. And he's he's very confident too. He's a very to, for somebody to have autism yeah. that could really um, in the world that we live in that could really like bring him down. Hmm. He he does like it doesn't like he does not let it bring him down. And um, because I made a determination to change during freshman year, I mean I made that determination. If I wasn't, then I don't know. I would something. Bad well, happened. we were we we've never taught him to be. We've always taught him that, yes, we recognize that you have autism and hmm. we're going to like put services in place for you and we're going to give you all of the resources that you need, but you can never use that as an excuse. I did a couple times. So hmm. we, I'm just saying that we never allowed it. And so I think he just kind of grew up thinking, well, yeah, I have autism, but they still expect me to get good grades and hmm. I still have to take the trash out and I still have to do my laundry. I mean, hmm. that still has to be done. So we always treated it like that. And I think as he grew up, like he said, he made the decision that this is my life. I mean, this, I get one chance and he's not gonna mope because he has autism. Hmm. Lots of people have autism. <laughs> and so he just has to, he has to still function and be, and we expect, we have very high expectations for him. You have expect, well, not like high expectations. I mean, you're not strict though, I guess you would put it. No, but I expect you to go out into the world and um, will will things will you have ups and downs in the world because you have autism? Absolutely, but it I mean you still have to yeah, do it. Yeah, I get that part. I'm just saying I I, I, want, I don't want people to think like you mean like you're strict on me or something like that. I'm not strict, but I he knows he knows what I expect of him. He's he, you know, my husband and myself we're both very hard workers and. Yeah. 
think that's grown now. Sam, Sam has to be too. Mm. <laughs> so. I have like joy hard working, so and it's yeah, yeah. probably a big trend of mine. Like. Absolutely. That's cool, that's cool. If, if you could take us back to the history of how uh, Sam uh, was diagnosed, is there a particular story on how Sam was diagnosed for autism? By any chance, Mom is there joke. a story, a history? Yeah, absolutely. And he always wants me to tell this because he's always like, I was too little. I don't remember. So, um, but when he was born, my pregnancy was very, very normal. Hmm. And when he was born, the only thing that was a little abnormal was, um, well, my pregnancy, I guess I had lots of sickness, which is pretty common. Hmm. And then when he was um, born, he, he just had, he just was never comfortable. His stomach hurt a lot and he cried and cried and cried and cried for months. Hmm. Um, and then that kind of got better. But then we noticed that he was not hitting his milestones. He wasn't crawling when he should, he wasn't walking. He, um, he did, but it was late. Hmm. And then when he was hmm. two years old, you know, like in the States and probably everywhere, there's like an expectation. Okay. Like when they're two, they should be saying this many words. Um, Sam was only saying 10 words, like he wasn't saying near as much as he should. So um, I, I remember during speech, we put him with a speech therapist just to help him talk sooner. And I will never forget, she was a really nice lady, very knowledgeable. But I remember um, she was at our house because she would, she would come to our house and give him, you know, speech therapy and the services. And I remember she looked at me and she said, there is something with him and I don't know what it is, but it's something. Hmm. And so that was the first flag, like red flag where I thought there is something else going on besides him like, being delayed in speech. Um, so as he got older, he, um, when he was two and three years old, we started seeing like more behaviors. He hated loud noises not even loud noises, like spontaneous noises. I got an example for that. He would just like fireworks, um, like buzzers. I, I just couldn't take him. Um, he like he kind of, we kind of went through a phase in his life when he was probably between six or seven. I really couldn't take him anywhere because hmm. in public because I didn't know if we were at a restaurant, if we were in the grocery store, like something was gonna like trigger a meltdown yeah and i have an example so, for that well um i own like an old video game and yeah. um it's yeah. it's it's old so it's gonna it's thing like this like yeah. weird robot oh, noise yeah, yeah. and i have to play the game mute like i don't i can't hear it it's like nope all right we're yeah. gonna mute this because i'm not playing i'm not dealing with the noise so i just play the video game like fully yeah. mute yeah Ooh. yeah to this day there are still sounds that um, but when he was like growing up, I, I had, I was a teacher at the time. And I remember I had a couple of kids in my class that uh, was on the autism spectrum. Mm. And I just thinking, well, maybe, you know, he has autism, but we just kept, we didn't know. So we put him in uh, a preschool and it was mm. a special needs preschool um, when he was three, four. And I think we even kept him there an extra year. Mm. Um, but the teacher there was really good. And he, um, knew within a week that Sam was probably on the autism spectrum and then we um, went through the formal diagnosis through a behavior psychologist at his school and they 
did all of the uh, evaluations and um, monitored him for like a month in the classroom and it was it was very clear that he was um, somewhere on the spectrum and hmm. then as he got older he realized he has what's called Asperger's disorder and I don't even like to call it a disorder because I don't believe that it's a disorder um, hmm. but he has Asperger's and um, that's just almost the highest well it is the highest form of like functioning autism that you can have um, so but he has had um, minor struggles and he has had major struggles mm. but we got through them and you know i just kind of like to step back and look at it yeah, sometimes truth is i still work on it oh absolutely like autism just because they hit like 18 doesn't mean mm. autism goes away james Dermott once said this and he said this i interviewed him or big american idol dude he said work in progress or always a work in progress but i think we're all a work in progress. I don't feel like, I, I, I don't want any of the listeners to think that I don't recognize that my son has autism because I do. Hmm. But on the flip side of that, I feel that we all have challenges and autism happens to be one of Sam's challenges. It is a piece of him. It, Sam gets to choose where where do you want autism represented in your life do you want to put it first do you want to educate people about it that's fine if you don't that's not all you are he's also you know other things so when people start saying oh you know he's autistic he's autistic okay but what do you have what hmm. what do you struggle with every day Math. nobody nobody struggles with nothing that's then if you don't you're not human yeah. i mean it just i just always think that like i'm a work in progress <laughs> i'm a major work in progress and so sam and so are you probably yeah. and so i just don't think that he's any different really than anybody wow you've already covered a lot of the topics that i was about to tackle <laughs> sorry <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> And um, but but there's one question that's uh, uh, that I want to ask Sam, and uh, the sure. question is that um, I know you you mentioned that it's it's always a constant uh, it's it's always a constant struggle, and and you've also mentioned uh, a work in progress. Every day when you wake up, Sam, and and you tackle the day. What is the first, do you have a quotation or a mantra or something that would remind you things are going to be all right? You know, something like that. Do you have that kind of quotation when you start? Well, the day? well he's got several. I got several quotes, <laughs> but this is my big one. I don't know if this will count as to answer your question, but this might be something. Hmm. It's so simple yet so complicated. You want to explain what that means? What's that, what's that mean? It's, it's so simple. Got it yet so complicated what's right. that mean to you to me it means something as simple as doing something as simple to mm. such as laundry that you will take for granted is not that easy to me or the other way around so like being his mother and like watching him that fits him so well it's so it's so simple yet so complicated things that are very simple to someone that's non-autistic mm. things are simple like laundry driving you know we learn to drive mm. um but for someone who's on the autism spectrum, things that are simple, you know, they, they look at the world differently. So laundry and driving, things with a lot of steps to them may not be um, as easy to him. 
but then he can come downstairs into his studio and he's a genius on the roadcaster and the podcast or look at that look what i just wrote and and creative writing so i can't do that unless i'm taught like yeah. he did get a little bit of training on podcasting for through his mentor which yeah. really got him interested in it but lots of what sam does is is self-taught yeah or my determination or my motivation absolutely because i say like she you know this well because i say i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i mean hmm. here i not i mean I, sometimes it's stupid granted but hmm. no matter what you say i'm gonna do it you're very determined yeah yeah like wow like my dad and your mom <laughs> no a lot more like my dad with that with that treat wow more power to you sam and uh gina for for the love and the thing i i feel i feel like i'm actually the third wheel in my show <laughs> just so you know <laughs> no but i love it i love i love i love the energy i love the vibe and i love the conversation and yeah you dug deep into philosophy and uh the fact that uh yeah for those who are uh for those who are listening i'm sure they, they want to be educated to what um uh what autism is could you give a brief uh, summary anyone could give a brief summary of what autism is yeah sure i can do that so um autism to me it is a neurodevelopmental disorder that makes you struggle with certain things and with certain cues with certain like social behaviors with certain society i mean i was like society in general but like with like some parts of some society with with maybe making decisions, being blunt. That's hmm. my thing I do is I'm too blunt with you. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm not saying now, but something stupid I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do daily changes, like a minor change sometimes still to this day throws me off when mm-hmm. we're onto something. I got a story for that one actually. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, it's a pretty good story. So um, I would go to my life coach appointment. I have a life coach. Hmm. And unfortunately I was driving my truck well, was it you or me who spilled it? Uh, I spilled it. Someone over here to my left spilled huh. Dr. Pepper. Oh. And <laughs> what you guys would probably do is be like, oh, no big deal. Clean it up. Go to the appointment. No, yeah. that's not me. I'm like, okay, we have to somewhere to be. Let's huh. save this for later. Then let's go to our appointment. Then we can worry about this cleanup later. Huh. Yeah, that's, it, that's what I was going to say is um, a lot of what, you know, I knew a little bit about autism when he was diagnosed because I had kids in class, but I just knew the basics. Mm. So, you know, of course, through the years, I know by no means an expert on it, but mm. I've definitely, my husband and I both have educated ourselves, like, what is this and how can we help Sam? But um, it is, like he said, it's to me, it's just, it's brain wiring. His, mm. his brain is wired a certain way, which is a diagnosis of autism. And um, there are behaviors. What I've noticed a lot is, you know, socially. Hmm. I mean, he can sit down and do an interview like this, and he's wonderful at it. Like, he, he's, he can express himself so well. Oh, yeah. But then you put him in, you put him in, like, a group of eight people hmm. that are having a conversation. And if they're not talking about something that he's really not interested in, he hmm. has a really hard time coming into the conversation and then leaving the conversation. Um, for someone who's non-autistic, that hmm. does not 
typically have to be taught. That hmm. is a matter of observation and you can figure that out. Yeah. But somebody with autism socially has to be taught. This is how you do this. Um, which is not a bad thing. It's just the way that it is. Um, it's, it, there's lots of sensory issues with autism. It's like, you know, if, if you walk into a, a gymnasium full hmm. of people and there's lots of noise going on and then the buzzer goes off spontaneously like that for a typical person that would bug them, that would bother them hmm. kind of, but you would just kind of move on. But somebody yeah. with autism, it's like that noise times a thousand. Like that's what he hears whenever yeah. he oh, it hears amplifies. that. It amplifies the sound. A and here's another story to prove that. Hmm. I uh, I went to a wrestling show hmm. and the first time this happened, like I still have traumatized this from this mm -hmm. FYI. <laughs> Remember when, when Kane's pyro went off? Yeah, I do. Kane's pyro, it's like, it shoots like fire and it's like a big boom noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when that boom went off, like, yeah, like, and I was like, oh, okay, no, no. You didn't like that. No. Yeah. I was like, I, I know it's loud, but not expected to be like 20,000 times loud. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a different, like he actually, it's not, um, it's not just like a generalization, like in his brain, it mm. really does sound like that to him um, as far as like sensory stuff. So uh, he talked about changes. He's better as he's gotten yeah. older, but when he was younger, we could not change anything. Um, we would, I mean, I would, we would wake up every morning and immediately he would say, what are we doing today? And I would have to give him the, the rundown of this is the agenda for the day. And then after school, if I changed anything up, he couldn't do it. It was a meltdown and... Um, or a refusal to put my foot down. Yeah. So those were some hard years. Those were some tough years trying to figure things out. Hmm. And, and, and I told, I've told people before, each age, each like, like when he was six, there were, there were, you know, like obstacles. Mm -hmm. Then when he turned, when we, he became a teenager, obstacles. Mm -hmm. Then when he turned 16 with driving, and now that he's 18, there are now it's where, you know, he's an adult. So it's, it's not bad things, but you, the obstacles change mm -hmm. as he gets older and with age group. I thought of another issue, if you don't mind, I can mention. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one of my uh, issues is I am, it's not as bad now, but let's put it, the way to put it is I'm very opinionated. Hmm. Like, like I'm trying to think of like, remember the Cats versus Dogs episode? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very closed-minded. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I'm dealing with this. You don't like it. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah, and that can get, I mean, that is really how his brain works, is he's very black and white. Mm. Like, it's either going to be this or it's this. And sometimes it's doable like we can work around it but then sometimes i you know as his mom yeah. um and raising him i'm like no sam this is what you're thinking and i'm sorry but it can't be that way and so there are some things like he wants that sometimes haven't been realistic and we've had to help him understand like you have to move on now the answer is no and it's not going to happen and hmm. let's try to figure out a different yeah. solution so and I'm thinking I love one of them happened today, sort of. What? Well, I'll explain. So, I'm not like picky with ice cream or anything, but <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, but it fits. Uh, 
Well, I asked my mom, like, because I don't want to go into town with her. I was like, hey, can you just be a favor and drop by the store? And we used to, like, Bluebell, like, pick between these two flavors. Ice cream, yeah. No, yeah. not that. Well, a typical a typical kid be like, no, you know what? You text me, like, well, they don't have those two. Yeah. A typical kid be like, mm, just, give me, just give me a different flavor. Give me this instead. Yeah. To me, I'm like, no, get me those two or just screw it. <laughs> I wonder if you're a little bit uh, spoiled. No, that's that's close. That's close-minded. That is close-minded right there. I've always been like, I'm like, I just don't want, like, because I just don't want any flavors. Like, I'm dead set. Like, give me those two flavors, or just don't give me anything at all. Like, I don't care. I mean, I'm not like gonna cry over ice cream. Or is anything. that the definition of spoiled? That's the definition. Spoiled is getting what you want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Getting what I want would be something like. I'm teasing you. Of course you are. <laughs> That's interesting. You you opened up a lot of boxes. That I mean, yeah, I I I, I do agree. I, I do understand the pain, uh, but at least there there were remedies and toward, towards the the progress. At least as the years go by, there were progress. And um, it's like the analogy of the game when, when you you mentioned you you played you play games and you you play it on mute. You notice that if you play the game, it gets harder in the beginning, and then it gets easier over time. You know, and then, um, and then as you level up, as you level up, it gets tougher and tougher. And I think, yeah, that's that's actually, I guess, in life, that's actually the general rule. But I I think it's doubled the way the way I I, I per, um, perceived how you guys told me the story is that's that's how I saw it. It get it's double the toughness but still the fact that you're still strong and you're still fighting and more power to you um we're, we're gonna have a short break but uh after our short break we're gonna have an interesting topic uh about something that um i've always wanted to dis discuss with sam <laughs> this is probably going to be a one-on-one -on -one with sam but before that we're gonna have a short few messages folks if you want to learn something new or useless about the world around you, why don't you try listening to the Banyu Podcast Reflushed on Spotify, Anchor, or any podcast app that you use. Hey folks, welcome back to the Rajiv Show. And um, I'm here with uh, my guests, Gina and Sam Mitchell, all the way from Indiana. And we spoke about, of course, um, autism and the motivation and how the how to deal with life through challenges and uh we're gonna we're just gonna kick this up a notch because um sam and i share a common interest and of course this is wwe and uh, <laughs> uh sam knows sam knows this conversation is gonna thing <laughs> this is gonna happen because i came across this uh this this documentary called the last ride which is of course the undertaker the dead man the iconic legend and his life i gotta ask sam sam what are your thoughts when you you saw the entire thing what 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 was going through your mind when you saw behind the scenes when uh, uh during the life of undertaker's last few days okay yeah sure well it was well i own the network so that's where it all began but my dad is also a fan of The Undertaker, and we were both really, um, that's cool. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Anyway, um, we were really interested in seeing what Undertaker's like, because you don't see Undertaker much. I mean, all of a sudden, he's like, rest in peace, go down yeah. hell. I mean, that's what you, that's what <laughs> yeah. you basically see. You yeah. don't see the man behind it. That's 
interesting to me is you don't see the man behind it. I mean, that's why I think school is difficult in a little way, actually, because sure, you see a different side of me, hmm. but you don't see who the real person is. Yeah. That's a struggle with it. Hmm. But that's what I thought. It kind of resembles that. But I thought it was really good and really interesting. And we can definitely say Undertaker is a very conservative, serious person. Hmm. And uh, you you mentioned earlier on that uh, you got to witness Kane. That is one one thing that uh, sho- first of all I I was shocked when when you witnessed Kane and I, that was that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean I've seen it only on a flat screen TV or uh, the the old school TV. I mean yeah. wow that that experience must have been exciting. Were you guys in the front row? Did you guys saw that? <laughs> the 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 fight, the, the 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 match. Well, we were like like two or three seats close to the middle. I mean, to the to the front. Yeah. We were like where the security guard is, basically. Wow, that means you got to sh- you know reach out and uh, shake hands with the entrance when everybody's coming in. I didn't shake their hand. I was that is that's the security guard wouldn't let me probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I do have yeah. another story. Yeah, I do. Have, I got to be. I got to live my. I got to meet my favorite pro wrestler. So that I did get to do that. Who may I know who this is? You might. You know Mick Foley. Oh my! That that legend. That's another legend. I mean, yeah. Yep, I got to meet him and literally shake his hand. Actually. How is that he in person? <laughs> That's the first thing that hit me in the head. <laughs> How is he well, in person? Very, very humble. First of all, yeah. Very, very big. Unlike TV, he looks like a gremlin on TV. Yeah. Um, hairy. <laughs> a little hairy. <laughs> yeah. But, but he's also really humble. And uh, but what's interesting is I read online. Uh, Right after I, not right after I met him, but a while back ago, is he raises a son who has autism. So, oh. if I knew that, I would talk about that too. Oh, you yeah, might. Can I really yeah, fast sure. with um with Sam's show? Huh. Um, we have tried to contact Mick Foley two or three times to wow. get Sam really, really wants to get him on his show, but he's huh. not responded. So, yeah. any any time Mick Foley's name comes up, I'm like, okay, Mick Foley, if you're listening to this please please call us so that sam can invite him on his show yeah. <laughs> that'd be interesting yeah. you know mick foley listening to the Raju show that'd be interesting too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's that yeah. yeah interesting and uh, uh is it true the uh, because uh, i i was watching i i don't remember how long it's been since i saw a mick foley documentary i think it was uh, i was uh checking it out on YouTube there was um, I don't know if you know the story though about Mick Foley there was one of these uh, matches that he had with, of course you know Mick Foley is an extreme during the 90s I think or uh, yeah during the 90s the, the fights that they used to have there were no holds bar you know they'd break Are you talking about Hell ECW era I think that was during the ECW era with the barbed wires and uh, you know all the crazy stuff, there, there was okay, an, yeah, I haven't. Uh, there I was haven't seen CW much. Yeah, uh, there was this story, and I, I, I'm not sure if you know this. 
there was this story that during one of the matches, uh, there was a glitch that uh, wasn't supposed to happen. And during that glitch, Mick Foley, I think, fell backwards. And uh, I think um, the rope, the, the ropes, the ring ropes caught his ear. And I think it pulled half. I don't know if you if 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 you know the story, but this was actually an interesting story that I think I don't oh, know which story. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I and I, yeah. yeah, that was during I think the ECW era when they um, they were they used to fight extreme and stuff like that. And I think he was under the alter ego Terry Funk. I think. Because when he went to WWE, I think he started off as Mankind, and then he had like three personas, and yeah, I mean, yeah. When I think it was Terry Funk or the other guy, I, I, yeah, I, there were so many guys. <laughs> it was kind of weird, yeah, for me to remember that. But yeah, there was an era where he had this alternative, uh, alternate persona. And uh, yeah, that incident was so bad, and uh, I think his ear was bleeding. But the guy was really, I mean, intense. I think even during yeah. the um, the Undertaker, yeah. Now we're gonna we we, we transition from mankind. Now we're gonna go back to the Undertaker stuff. During the earlier years, their fights used to be brutal. I think the most iconic fight that I know of that still resonates in my mind is is the fight the Hell in a Cell match that um, Mick Foley and Undertaker had yeah they got through off I mean that killed him <laughs> yeah the, the funny thing about that was uh, the first part was they, that I think uh, that was the first I, I don't know if that was the first Hell in a Cell match but oh no 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 that was the second because I think the first one was when uh, Undertaker went against Shawn Michaels and then Kane came into the picture but yep. during that first yep, match exactly. I think uh, the first match with Mankind and Undertaker um, yeah that was the first match they started on top of the ring because I think uh, during the entrance they were supposed to get inside and Mick Foley was coming in from the entrance and he threw a steel chair on top and then of course Undertaker came in and then you know they, they started there and then he flipped him off yeah that's the the iconic part was he threw him off the cell and i think the cell from where i was watching it from of course the television was much higher i th- i don't know if the hell in a cell nowadays is even higher than it was before but that distance was so bad that even if i was thrown off that distance i would have been broken into pieces You'd be saying hi to Rajiv one and Rajiv two <laughs> in the hospital, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that's my favorite rivalry. But yeah. that's not my favorite match, actually. Believe it or not, that's my dad's favorite, but ain't my favorite. Yeah, my favorite it, match they had was um, they had one in Indy. This was before I was born. It was in your house, hmm. buried alive, and it was a buried alive match with the Undertaker. It was the same Undertaker. Yeah, same Undertaker and same Mankind. They had a buried alive match. I thought in your house they had the boiler room match. Or that was something That was SummerSlam. Ah, SummerSlam. That was SummerSlam. Yeah, I think I'm getting old now with my Undertaker references. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool era. I mean, yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, now coming back to the Undertaker. What are your thoughts with the latest few matches? I'm sure you you subscribed to the previous... 
matches that he had. Of course, I think the latest one was I think WrestleMania 30 when Brock Lesnar beat the streak, but he still kept coming back. What are your thoughts yeah. on uh, on his uh, his condition and how he saying? What are your thoughts on that? To me, well, to me, Undertaker depends on what era you're talking about. Undertaker from 2017 was awful, as we all know. But I think Undertaker, the time when he went out, he should have went out by WrestleMania 36, and it was time. But he went out in a good way, and it was the first new character is what I like. You combine the Death Undertaker, the American Badass Undertaker, and then Mark, and then some a little bit of him in there. To me, that adds a good and good new character, a weird but cool character. Because when I first saw it, I thought, "Huh, what's going on?" Because he walked down fast on Raw, and I. Was like, yeah, he doesn't do this typically. But then he did. Okay, we got somewhere going. Maybe we can use this. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah. The the one thing that uh, I really, my opinion, uh, opinion stuff that uh, I kind of saw was the Goldberg versus Undertaker, the jewel match. Summer. Yeah, that's. That that was kind of like twenty years or ten years too late, because. The, the energy, the vibe, and I think I, I kind of felt uh, when I was watching the match, I was watching the highlight on YouTube, the the jackhammer portion that nearly actually killed Undertaker. I'm sure you saw that and you felt, oh, that was bad. Yeah, it was two inches from from yeah, concussion. Yeah, his age, you can't get a concussion. Yeah, I think that was very scary. I mean, the funny thing was. After that match, he said that uh, the doctor said that he was two inch close to death, and that was really scary. But I, I think the the one takeaway here that's connected to motivation is the fact that for thirty years, Undertaker really did his he did hard work, and I hope I hope uh, my listeners, you know. Would would see that as a source of inspiration, and I, I I I look at that and I say, wow, thirty years. Yeah. For- I I don't know if you saw this too, but this is what amazes me too. Mm. When when they were having the Monday Night Wars with WWE and WCW, mm. a lot of back there at the time, where a lot of WWE guys were transferring to WCW. True. Not true. Undertaker. He's stuck there. Yeah. I mean, that's another motivation for you, bud. He's stuck there because he loved that business. He didn't want. From money, he just loved wrestling and loved that brand. Hmm. So he could have been motivated by staying there, not motivated by the money. Yeah, and I think that was uh, the era. The era during that time, it was, uh, uh, it was. I think it was a transitional era because uh, majority of the old folks from the from the era where Undertaker started, those were the guys who started moving. Towards WCW, we got Lex Luger and Bret Hitman, and that was during the era Razor where the Earl. Undertaker, the Dead Man persona, the first era where you know he had the he had Paul Bearer as his, and you know he had the weird uh, thing. And then of course, but during that time he transitioned into different characters. He had the whole satanic imagery thing, and then oh, I, I think, love that. Yeah, that's actually I love my favorite. The Ministry, of Ministry of Darkness. So, yeah, that's also my it's favorite. It's so scary. Yeah. Yet so cool. Like I want to be a part of the Ministry of Darkness. Like that <laughs> says something about it. 
If you're oh, yeah. part of the faction, that's a good faction. Like, I want to yeah. be part of the Ministry of Darkness. They kind of killed it though. That they kind of killed it when they they engulfed the whole. Uh, they mixed it up with the whole corporate ministry. It kind of saturated the mysticism of that uh, thing. I just realized <laughs> our conversation became a wrestling podcast instead of a motivation. But still, <laughs> oh, I, but still, we're minist- still, oh yeah. I'm just saying the ministry. Of darkness, I wish they could still be here, like today, and like I think today they were click. I think today they would do something good too. Yeah, I think it's still like be a good thing today. The scariest well, part. Of, the the scariest the part was uh, the most controversial one that I remember was when they hanged the boss man in WrestleMania nine. I know twenty nine or something. Oh, that twenty. Was, that was no. That was. 15. Yeah, but man, that was the first time. That was really something else. I mean, during the era itself, yeah. the the Monday Night Wars, it was unpredictable compared to how it is now. With of course, the steel chair shots and the concussions, and you know, and the regulation, the health. That that's uh, thing. That's really. There. I mean, yeah, it's more PG now than it was back then. There was no regards for who's bleeding, but as long as someone is bleeding and someone's paying, you know, you know that's that's the thing. And yeah. All right. Yeah, and but to be honest with you, there are some still real stories. If you ever watch wrestling's Dark Side of the Ring, there are some real stories that happened <clears throat> that wasn't fake; that were real. Yeah, I mean. Aside from the Ministry of Darkness, I I really wanna in this entire conversation I really wanna <laughs> engulf this whole conversation into Undertaker. I feel bad though that uh, we left out our guest Gina in this whole conversation. We started talking about wrestling. <laughs> you want to talk about wrestling a little bit? Well, as long as he has liked wrestling, um, I'm sure that I can't participate in it like you guys can, but I could probably hold my own a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Watch all your favorite wrestlers. My favorite wrestler? Yeah. I am a huge fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh. He's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but he kind of retired too soon. But still, he's actually active in the community. That's one thing about him. He's really he's still doing his job as a, a thing, as an analyst. And I think he also re- recently released some podcasts. I think he has a podcast oh. and all. Yeah, the- Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, he has some like TV, and also I also yeah. like um, oh, who is it? The Rock. Well, I like him. John but, Cena. Well, yeah, John. Uh, the reason I like John Cena is he does um, lots of charity work as well. He does. Um, That's where we make a wish and all this. Well, stuff. I just. Yes, I love that where uh, these kids like reach out to him, and that's like their one wish, and I really respect. I can't. Him. I don't like John. Yeah, you don't really. Well, I just, here's the reason. He's great with the community, and I and I respect that. You okay. know how well much I respect. Like I respect him a lot for that. Right. But yeah. when he gets in that ring, he sucks. Like he changes his moves all the time. You don't really like yeah. him as a wrestler. He can't. He can't do a move. He always has to change his moves. It's like pick a set of moves and go with it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. What? Yeah. I, <laughs> now, when I was growing up, my brother and I watched wrestling a lot when I was uh, growing up, and we were. I was always a really big fan of the. Um, 
uh, Ultimate Warrior was my favorite Ooh. growing up. That was the Hulk Hulkamania era. Uh-huh. That was the end when I think when Offward beat him at WrestleMania six, that was the end of Hulkamania. Yeah. What happened? What was the story there? Okay, gotcha. So WrestleMania six was um basically champion versus champion. And uh Hulk Hulk Hogan was putting his wrestling belt, his world heavyweight one on the line. Ultimate Warrior put his intercontinental belt. However, what you notice is huh. at the time I didn't like Colt Hogan as the good guy, but I'll huh. get into the reason why. Hmm. But um, when I was where it beat him, Hulk Hogan still kept participating. But hmm. the more he got there, he was just, he was just getting old and stuff. So he changed to WCW. Well, wow. what happened was time they kept going out. I guess his character's getting stale, and they kept yeah. booing him. Yeah. Well, you gotta get what you want. He so he's trying ways to revamp his career. He thought someone said, I can't remember who, but what if I turn bad? He's yeah. like, ooh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. And then to me, I to then the better Hulk Hogan when he dropped that leg on Randy Savage was awesome because that Hulk Hogan is the best version than this good, clean cut, baby face Hulk Hogan. This villainous, mean, rude, snobby Hulk Hogan who you can't help to love this rock star Hogan, you just can't help to love is the best. Wait, are we talking about NWO Hulk Hogan? Yep. Uh, yep, the NWO Hulk Hogan. That's the best Hulk Hogan, period. Yeah. This is interesting. This other clean Hulk Hogan. Nasty. But what was the golden era of Hulk Hogan? I'm sure that was when he body slammed Andre the Giant. Yep. That, that was, was when golden. you were like, save prayer, train your vitamins. Yeah. And and then, of course, that was Stone Cold came into the picture. Yeah, he did. And That's then he changed. Swear how he came in the picture was at King of the Ring. There was a big old tournament. Hmm. Then he won and beat, him. and he basically like gave us huge promo. And then people started loving him. Yeah. And then uh, of course, I think during his era, there's a lot of guys who flourished. We had The Rock, who started as a babyface and then became the greatest heel. And then Undertaker, of course, he was yeah. consistent. You know, he was. I think uh, Lord of Darkness and then Ministry of Darkness and then American Badass. Shawn Michael. Michaels, yeah, Shawn Michaels, the D, the G, D Generation X. Oh man, <laughs> that brought me back memories of my my first guest uh, from uh, from the Let's Talk series, Amarnat. We used to go crazy <laughs> during the last years when Amarnat used to visit my place. We used to imitate uh, D-Generation X. We used to, I used to download all the entrance music. And then at home, we had a very wide space. So we used to imitate the entrance. And, you know, we used to literally wrestle like, man. <laughs> I did that a lot fun. too when I was younger. Yeah. At that time, it was, it was either you were wrestling your pillow or you were wrestling someone. And uh, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> We used to, we used to get so beaten up. It was like, yeah, we we lifted like a, a lot. <laughs> it was more like rest. The it was more like a workout. And then yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was fun. That's what I see about Taekwondo and wrestling. Because hmm. Mr. Bossics wants to this WWE. It's always about slamming them, like like yeah, boom, like yeah. slamming them. Yeah. To me, what I like about karate and 
I always say this, if I was a wrestler, I would be what I, they call a striker or an attacker. Because rest, because karate, like, make, made me learn, like, the, like, front kicks, round kicks, side kicks, hmm. like, and, like, attacks. I would want to, if I was a wrestler, I would want to utilize those into the business. Hmm. So it's always funny because sometimes they always throw a super kick, and that's, yeah. like, a side kick, basically, in yeah. Taekwondo. So yeah. like they're like, oh, my God, I know that move really well. That's a, that's what they call a side kick in Taekwondo, but I could throw a good super kick, too. Hmm. But I think, I think one thing that I've learned that um, Undertaker and all these other wrestlers did is, they really set, they sold their thing, the artistry of it. I I don't know the, um, I I I kind of d- dived into the artistry also of saying, uh, and the reason why I, I wanted to open the conversation into arts is there's something about wrestling that's. Uh, that has to do with the art of it. I mean, it's aside from the storytelling, which is of course phenomenal, especially when uh, Shawn Michaels, to me, Shawn Michaels is the best that sold the story more over, especially when his feud with Undertaker, you know, he sold the stuff uh, when he got frustrated and stuff like that. Deep down, of course, those were only characters, but then the way yeah. he sold it, his frustration, uh, how he took the Undertaker out during the Elimination Chamber. He came out of the Elimination Chamber during the World Heavyweight, and then I think Chris Jericho yeah. was the last who was left. And yeah, and the the, the artistry is is really phenomenal. It's an interesting stuff. It's like your greatest superheroes or your super greatest supervillains or like your characters who you want to be come to life. Yeah, and the it's like a painting. I mean, looking at it. At first, you know, when they say they practice the flips and the falls, it's kind of, as a spectator, it kind of, it's kind of weird. I mean, imagine uh, falling five, six, seven, ten times, and they had to practice that. There's, I'm sure you've heard the saying that they practice that fall five to six, seven times, and then during the match, they expect it to be perfect. It's like. If I fall one time and then practice. I fall in the stairs, I'm not planning to fall 10 times in the same stairs. That's kind of scary. <laughs> you know? That's the that's, uh, thing, you know, and uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, that's um, that, that, that life is an interesting life. From the spectator's point of view, that's just phenomenal. More respects to saying. Um, yeah, <laughs> we basically covered wrestling, autism, and of course, yeah, <laughs> amazing conversation, conversation, the conversation. Um, to wrap this conversation, hopefully, um, my my listeners heard uh, heard a lot. I mean, picked up a lot. Uh, before we end yeah. the conversation, um, if my listeners want to connect with you via social media how do they find you on social media sure um so they can find me on facebook autism sam stories then go to my website autismrocksrolls.com or to check out my podcasting on podbean spotify youtube apple Podcasts, soundcloud and linkedin awesome awesome um i want to say thank you to my guests <laughs> Uh, thank you. We've we've opened a lot of boxes, and um, 
thank you also for educating us about autism. I want to thank my guests, Sam and Gina Mitchell. Thank you very thank much. You. Yeah. Really, really, um, always, just really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, I'm so proud of my son. I'm so proud of Sam. Um, just to watch him grow and he's overcome so many obstacles, you know, like we all of us really have. And I just, I'm just so excited to see what his, his future holds. And I'm just always say that as how much I love him and how much I'm pr how proud of him I am. Oh yeah. Before I forget, uh, folks, if you are tuning in, um, I must say, uh, I'm going to promote this in advance because the release of this episode is going to be somewhere 2021. Uh, Sam has his own TEDx uh, uh, presentation. And as a friend, I am so proud to promote this on behalf of Sam. Uh, you guys got to check it out. Hopefully, by by the release of this episode, um, It'll be all uh, hopefully it'll be around in YouTube already. It's a TEDx conversation and it's it's uh, a TEDx presentation, and uh, check it out. You got you guys got to check it out. Sam is an amazing person, and uh, as a friend, I am so proud. I am so proud to have this conversation, this collaboration. Hopefully, somewhere down the line, we talk more about wrestling, and we're gonna open up a lot of conversations, and um, uh, hopefully that that will happen soon. Uh, I want to thank my guest again. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. And I hope to see you guys soon again, probably in the coming seasons and coming episodes. And for those who are listening, I hope you learned a thing or two from this conversation. Cheers, folks, and stay safe.